For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We are a Sportsitas presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Three times a week, every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. My name is Andre and these are my co-hosts, Tiago Cordero and Diogo Valente. How are you feeling today, Tiago? I'm fine, Andre. Let's talk about the thing that we like the most. What about you, Diogo? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, guys. Let's get to it. Some programming notes with the doubleheader of the EuroLeague approaching next week. We will be bringing you the recap of this round on Sunday instead of the usually as we usually do it on Monday. In order to bring you the preview of round 27 of Monday and round 28 on Wednesday. I want to start this episode by debating with you guys who is the EuroLeague's best roster at the moment. And I will start by giving my pick, Fenerbahce. The depth of this team is incredible. And with uh, the confirmation of uh, Tyler Dorsey, I think that this puts them and Barcelona ahead of the rest of the competition. And I will give the edge to, to Fenerbahce. But I will have them both in the first tier. They can have a guard rotation of Kalates, Wilbekin, Carson Edwards, Goodrich, Dorsey. They can probably get away with several three-guard lineups with Goodrich and Dorsey playing the small forward position for them. They have Nigel Ace Davis, Dashaun Prince, and hopefully they will be able to count with Bielitsa later in the season. They have a front court with Motley and Devin Booker. This is a 10-man rotation and we are not even taking into consideration other players that they have on this very, very deep roster. This is an incredible roster that has the flexibility to adapt to any matchups and to pose very different threats to the other teams. Do you guys agree that uh, Fenerbahce has the best roster in the competition? Who would you have in uh, in first and who can contend with them? Yeah, For me, in my opinion, I might give a slight edge to Barcelona still, but in terms of uh, fit within the roster and coaching and all of that stuff, I, I think Fenerbahce gets it because uh, I believe Barcelona has a, a a better roster in terms of like maybe firepower with Laprovitula shooting, Sadoransky playing point guard, Miritich and all of those guys. But in terms of fitting together and what what their coaches do for their team. Uh, I like Ituris better. And I think Fenerbahce is a, a great team for him and the players he has um, fit very well with him. So I think it's between those two teams. What about you, Tiago? In the last two episodes that we record, um, I already told that uh, Fenerbahce was in the same tier as Barcelona, but now with Tau- Tauer Dorsey confirms to, to be on Fenerbahce, I'm... I'm giving. I'm leaning to Fenerbahce's side because it's the same way that because of the of what Diogo said. Because I trust Ituris more than uh, Barcelona's coach, so I'm leaning to Fenerbahce. Let's talk about this matchup specifically: Fenerbahce against Barcelona. Diogo, where do you see one team and the other having advantages? Why do you think that Barcelona still might have it as a from a pure roster standpoint? Yeah, I believe um, at the guard position. Uh, at least in terms of the starting lineup, 
Um, I think Sadoransky has a, a size advantage over either Kalaris or Laprovitla. Um, I think Laprovitla is not is not a better player than Wilbekin, but on any given day he can outshoot him and just go crazy from the three point line. Then Mirotic is probably the best four in the competition. Uh, him and Sasha Vezinkov. So I, I think I really think it's very close. Um, Maybe I give it to, to Barcelona because of Sadoransky and Miritic. I think they have the two best players out of those two teams. So that's maybe why I give the edge to Barcelona, but it's very close. Though. And I think Real Madrid can contend on this conversation as well. But I think they are a level below. I, I think Bielitsa might uh, might be a key piece here. Uh, we have no idea how, how well he will be playing and what level he will be able to bring into into Fenerbahce, but he might be able to to match up like the the fourth play, and he will be very important in my opinion for the aspirations of Fenerbahce. Let's then proceed to to preview the day two of round twenty six, and let's start speaking exactly about Fenerbahce that will be receiving Virtus. Fenerbahce comes into this game from an important win against Partizan on the road. That was a big step for them in the fight for home court advantage in the playoffs. Virtus is in a good momentum, winning three out of their last four games. It isn't uh, a surprise for anyone that Fenerbahce at home will be considered favorites for almost, against almost anyone and uh, on this game as well. But what can Virtus do to put up a fight and try to keep building on the moment that uh, they are having to aspire to get into the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that, uh, that uh, Virtus can do much about that because uh, Fenerbahce is a different beast. Um, in my opinion, they can slow them down, they can slow Fenerbahce this, and try to explore some of Fenerbahce liabilities uh, the same way that they did against uh, Basconia. But uh, I don't see I don't see Virtus winning this one. What about you, Duke? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think Virtus is capable of, of getting this win, especially on the road. Uh, and because Virtus beat Fenerbahce in Italy, I think Fener is gonna is gonna try to prove that they are the better team, and solidify themselves as a, a main contender in Euroleague. So I think it's gonna be a comfortable win for for Fenerbahce, and I think this possibly puts Virtus away from the playoff hunt. Depends on the the other team's results as well, but I think Fenerbahce is gonna get so this uh, round uh, might start to to make the playoff picture a bit more clear with uh, several teams that are in the direct. Uh, race for the, the playoffs uh, either facing each other or having very hard matchups and uh, starting to trail away from it but uh, we will follow it closely I agree with you guys I also think that Fenerbahce is favorite to win this one but uh, it will be an interesting game to to see with Virtus being a very good moment heading into this game the second game of the day is Asvel against Real Madrid it was a very tough loss for uh, Aswell at home against Efes on the last round. Real Madrid haven't lost in their last four games and uh, in the last eight, they won't, They only lost once. Real Madrid is in a very good momentum and they certainly will want to get the win against Aswell to keep fighting for the top seed of the standings. They are one win behind Olympiacos, but they have one game less. What you will be tracking on in terms of matchups on this game between Asvel and Real Madrid, uh, Tiago? I'm looking forward to see if Musa uh, can stick with Nando De Colo because uh, Musa did a pretty good job on the previous game against 
Zalgiris, and I'm looking forward to see if he can do the same with Nando de Cole. About this game, playing at home uh, for Osvaldo will be a, a good one, but Real Madrid is clearly the favorite. Will be a physical matchup for sure. Uh, and I know I, I already said that, but the key for Asvel to try to compete is to guys like D-Boss to draw some falls on Real Madrid bigs. It's the, the only, I think it's the only liability, if you can call it like that, to have a guy like Walter Tavares and Poirier to defend some screens, but they can go small with Yabuzel. But yeah, that's my take on this one. What about you, Duke? Yeah, I don't see any way that Asvel can win this game. Uh, I just think that, I think in terms of talent, I think Alba might be better than Asvel. I think those are the, the two less talented teams. And Real Madrid, I, I just don't see them losing this game. They are, they are too good. And in the last seven uh, not seven, in the last seven games, uh, Real Madrid has never lost to, to Asvel in, the, in their last seven matchups. So I don't see that happening this time. Um, I agree with Thiago about the, the matchup I'm looking forward to the most, uh, Zan and Musa and Nando de Colo. I think it's going to be very interesting. But other than Nando and Dibos, they, they don't have enough for, to, to keep up with Real Madrid and to, to compete in this game. So I think it's a comfortable win for Real Madrid. Yeah, we are all in agreement that uh, Real Madrid are favorites to to win this one. Let's move on to a game that everybody should be excited about, and it's Basconia against Valencia. This is a must-watch game. Two teams fighting for a playoff spot, tied in the standings with a record of 13 wins and 12 losses. Valencia is the seventh best offense in the competition with 83 points per game. Basconia is the second best offense in the competition with 85.3 points per game. The key for me is the defense. Valencia allows in average the second most points per game of the competition, while Basconia is the third worst defense so far in this year of the early, in this edition of the early. If the indicators might give a slight advantage for, for the home team and the uh, to Basconia. The reality is that Basconia defense inconsistence has been a big issue for them on their last games and they come into this game with uh, two losses in a row. Valencia on the other hand just showed us their ability to be extremely physical and to compete defensively for the first half of their game against the best team in the competition in Olympiacos. Do you think that they can uh, bring this into this game and um, have a defensive edge, uh, edge against uh, Basconia that uh, can get Valencia this win, Thiago? For sure. I think if Basconia figures the, some things out on the defense, this might be a, a close... Not a, uh, This might be a, a close one. Uh, if Basconia can figures, uh, figure things out on the defensive side, I think Basconia uh, uh, has the edge on this matchup. If not, uh, Valencia uh, is the favorite for me. In this game, it will, will be very fun to watch uh, and it will be, uh, the, in my opinion, the more well-played game on this round with, with these two teams being so fun to watch and uh, trying to share the ball. It, it, always, it's, it is always fun to, to, to keep up. Uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, Marcus Howard against Chris Jones. It will be a backcourt uh, fight against these both teams. So, yeah. What about you, Diogo? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup between those two guards. Uh, but even though I'm the, the guard play fan, uh, I, I'm very curious to see how Basconia's bigs are going to handle Dublevich. 
because I think he has a chance to, to have a big game here. Uh, Basconia struggles a lot guarding the bigs and the paint. So I think Dublovic can have a very good game here. But I expect this game to be high scoring, uh, a lot of threes. Um, it's certainly going to be a, a, a very good one to watch. But I'm going to give the edge to Basconia. Uh, not only because of the players, uh, which I think they are better, they are the better team, but uh, Coach Panaroya uh, was in Valencia before. So I think it's going to be like a revenge game for him. And Basconia is playing at home. So I think they're going to they're gonna win this game. But it's going to be very close and it's going to be a very entertaining game, for sure. We labeled uh, Monaco Maccabi the Diogo Valente game of uh, day one of round 26. This is the Diogo Valente game of day two of round 26. I would go with Valencia to win this one. Tiago, what about you? Who, who would you pick? I agree with you, André. So, I'm winning to Valencia. So we have two Valencias against one Vasconi here. Let's see what happens in this very entertaining game. Round 26 will end with Milano against Olympiacos. The first and the most dominant team in the EuroLeague at this moment will visit the 14 Milano team in a good momentum, winning their last three games. What issues will Milano pose for this uh, Olympiacos team, Tiago? Milano is such a good Milano is a good defense. Uh, Milano has a good defense, so I think that Olympiacos might Uh, have some struggles in the beginning, but I think that they will figure some things out. Uh, on the previous round, they they had uh, some issues against Valencia because Valencia was doing a really good job on the defensive side. So yeah, in an off night from Olympiacos, I can see Milano uh, winning this one, but I don't see I don't see Mil uh, Olympiacos having an off night because they're they're in a odd streak so I'm leaning to Olympiacos what about you Diogo? yeah I'm not just leaning Olympiacos uh, I'm I'm picking them all the way <laughs> because I think Thomas Walkup is going to do a, an amazing job on Napier and I think he's going to be able to control him and I think Sasha Vezengov it, it's going to be uh, some good matchups with Melly and Hines but I think Vezengov with his ability to spread the floor Uh, I think he's going to have a, a very good game as well. And now with Lukas being back and uh, having that playmaking off the bench, I think it's going to be big for Olympiacos. And I think they're going to keep their hot streak alive and they're going to win this game. I personally am very interested to see how Olympiacos will react after their last game in Valencia. The, they reacted very well on the second half of the game and they dominated it, especially on the third quarter. But um, Milan was playing very well and they are a team without... Not, uh, they don't have nothing to lose. And... Um, I think they can they can have some very interesting matchups, be physical and replicate some of what Valencia did, even if the teams are, are quite different. But uh, what Valencia did defensively on the on the first half, they have some very experienced players. They can be physical in the interior against uh, Olympiacos, and uh, I also favor Olympiacos to win this game. But I think it can it can come out as a very interesting one, and it it will be an interesting game of basketball to watch. In I I think and I expect to see it like that. As we did on, you, uh, yeah, as we did on our previous uh, previous episode, we argue who the the best point guard of the EuroLeague is. On this one, we bring you our hunt for for figuring out who the best shooting guard of the the EuroLeague is. So the same way as we did before, we will uh, start with our honorable mentions, and uh, let's start this time around with Tiago. Who are the players that you left out? 
on your of your top five of shooting guards? Okay, in my honorable mentions, I got um, the F is shooting guard Elijah Bryant. I got uh, the Serbian guard uh, from Srovena Zvezda Nedovic, and um, the Monaco guard uh, Lloyd. Duke, what about you? Who are your honorable mentions? Yeah, I have a lot of guys here that that I could that I could mention. Uh, I have Elio Kobo, Scotty Wilbekin, Kevin Bunner, and Shane Larkin. And I also can mention Nedovic. All those guys did not make my list. So yeah, I'm curious to see Thiago's list. Let me just say something because uh, Shane Larkin missed a lot of uh, the season, so I didn't put him on any of those. Uh, discussions that we had, so I can put him on my honorable mention too. Yeah, he he is a deserving player and a deserving guard. That uh, this year he has just uh, missed uh, too many games to be considered on the debate for one of the best in the either of the guard positions. So let's start debating bottom to top, and uh, let's start with Tiag, who is in fifth place on your top five of the best shooting guards of the year league. In the fifth place. Uh, uh, in the fifth place, uh, I got the Argentinian guard from Cervena Zvezda, Luca Vildoza. He's an elite scorer too. Uh, he pushes the pace of the of their offense, and he's such a nice place and a fun play. So I have to put him on the fifth spot of, of my of my rankings. Very well, Dio. What about you? Who is fifth? In my number five, I have the American guard from Basconia. Uh, Thiago had him as a point guard. Uh, to me, he is a shooting guard. Uh, so I have Marcus Howard. Uh, his ability to shoot the ball is is insane. Uh, with Darius Thompson distributing for him, I think he he is a very good guard in this league. But but I look at him as a two, and and he's my number five. Who do you have above him in in number four? Yeah, my number four is Jordan Lloyd from Monaco. Uh, Thiago had him in his honorable mentions. Um, I, I can understand uh, the argument from Jordan Lloyd not being in the top five, but I just think the way he impacts the game. Um, his numbers are not very good this year because he's playing with Mike James and El Diokobo. So uh, he has to, to share the ball and he's playing the two. He's not on the ball as much. But but I think he's a, a very good player and I think he deserves a top four minutes. For our listeners that are not so familiarized with his, with his game style, what captivates you so much on, on Jordan Lloyd? He's a very complete guard. I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. He can shoot, he can drive, he can pass. It's just because Mike James is the point guard and now he's playing shooting guard. He doesn't have the ball as much as he used to, like he, when he was playing in Zenit. So obviously his numbers are a bit down, but I think he's still a, a great player and, and I think he deserves the this mention. Tiago, what about you? Who do you have in fourth place? In my fourth place, uh, I got the shooting guard from Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, Wade Baldwin. The I got the shooting guard from Maccabi Tel Aviv, Wade Baldwin, Baldwin the fourth. Um, I could put him higher, but his decision making uh, kept me to put him higher. So he's a good scorer, uh, elite scorer in, in Euroleague, but his decision making on the 
on the final possessions. Uh, what do you like about his game? Well, we, we have documented in this podcast in the last episodes, and especially when we had Lorenzo Brown missing some time that he had to have more responsibilities. His decision making in clutch time was like evident that uh, he had some lapses and uh, committed some uh, very important and uh, very detrimental mistakes for for his team what on his game are the positives that make him be the fourth best uh, shooting guards of Euroleague for you beside that that you mentioned it uh, you can see the difference when uh, Lorenzo Brown is on the floor with him uh, Way Baldwin is such an efficient player he's a good scorer so that's why he's on the fourth spot he's such an elite scorer he can score in the in the three in the three ways shooting from three driving or in the mid-range is it's pretty good on, on that. Yeah, the, that's a, a very well said. Well, at about number three, who do you have in number three, Tiago? Yeah. Uh, in the number three, uh, I had the shooting guard. He's now playing at the point guard, but in my opinion, with Costas Lucas uh, on, on the court, he's a shooting guard. I had the American uh, shooting guard from Olympiacos, Thomas Walkup. Um in the beginning of the season, I couldn't put him on the top five or even in you know, honorable mentions, but uh, he's such a good defender. And uh, with Costas Lucas out, he took the responsibility on the offensive side. So I had to put him on number three. Very well. What about you? Uh, you, you, you had walk up in your point guard list. Who do you have in number three on your shooting guard? Yeah, um, this is another guy that could be argued as a point guard, but... Uh, I look at him more of, as a scorer. And I have uh, from Asvel, uh, the French uh, guard, Narut Kolo. Uh, I think with Debost coming in, uh, I think Debost took more of the point guard responsibilities. And Nando is playing more of a shooting guard role now. So uh, I th- Nando, his ability to, to drive, to score, to shoot, whether it's the three or the mid-range, I think he's a very smart offensive player. And I think he deserves the top three. Who do you have above Nando in number two? Yeah, my number two, uh, Thiago already mentioned him, is the shooting guard from Maccabi Tel Aviv, Wade Baldwin IV. Uh, I just think his ability to drive and pull up is very good. Uh, I understand Thiago's point about the decision-making, but he was forced to play the point guard position with Lorenzo Brown being out. And now with Lorenzo coming back, uh, I don't think that's going to factor as much in their game. Because I think we'll be more off the ball playing the two. Uh, and his ability to play on the open court, to, to drive, he's very aggressive uh, going to the basket. And he's athletic also for a guard. And I just like his offensive game a lot. And, and I think defensively, not that he's a great defender, but he is long. He has a long wingspan as well. So he can stay in front of guys. Yeah, but I think he's a very good player, and I have a number two. Tiago, what about you? Who is your number two? My number two, I got Fenerbahce shooting guard from uh, United States, uh, Scotty Wilbekin. He's, in my opinion, he's a better scorer than uh, Wade Baldwin. I don't think if Diogo agrees with me, but I'm sticking with I, him. I, I think I think Scotty is a better shooter. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's a better overall scorer, but he's for sure a better shooter. Yeah, he's a better. Okay, I I, I can see your point. Uh, and the difference here is in late in late game situations, uh, I can I can uh, I can live with uh, Wilbekin uh, decision. So game on the line, uh, I'm trusting Wilbekin way more than, uh, for example, Way Baldwin. Very well. So let's settle it. Tiago, who is your 
who for you is the best shooting guard of Euroleague? Uh, well, in my, I, my number, number one uh, from the shooting guard, I had, I have uh, one of Diogo's point guard that Diogo mentioned it. Uh, I have Vasily Misic, the Serbian guard from Anadolu Efes. In my opinion, is what he's doing, not this season, but uh, in his whole career in Euroleague, as Diogo uh, talked in the previous episode. Um, he's such a good scorer. He can score from the, the three ways. Uh, and he, he's not a liability on the defensive side. So that's why he's my number one. And he's a very clutch player. So that's why he's my number one, for sure. So Misic is clearly one of the best guards in the Euroleague. You guys just uh, put him in different buckets of, of the position that he's playing. Diogo, who is for you your number one shooting guard of Euroleague? Yeah, to me, my number one, uh, I'm curious to, to know if Thiago has this guy as a small forward because he didn't no, mention it. I know what you... I, I know. Yeah, I, uh, I messed up. I messed up. <laughs> yeah, this is the Bosnian guard from Real Madrid. I have Zanan Musa as my number one. Uh, I think he is a very good playmaker for the for the shooting guard position. Uh, I think he can drive, he can shoot, he can pass. He's a very intelligent offensive player, and I, I really like his game. Man, so I have him number one. I didn't mess up. So I, I think I thought that you would say uh, Corey Higgins. Because Musa for me is a, a, a small forward. So, do you give us your shooting guards first to fifth? Yeah, so my shooting guard list is number one, Zanin Musa. Number two, Wade Baldwin. Number three, Nandro DiColo. Number four, Jordan Lloyd. Number five, Marcus Howard. And my honorable mentions were Elio Cobo, Scotty Wilbekin, Kevin Bonner, and Shane Lark. Very well. Tiag, what about you? My number one, I got Misic. Number two, Scotty Wilbekin. Number three, Thomas Walkup. Number four, uh, Wade Baldwin. And number five, uh, Luca Vildoza. Very well. These were the best shooting guards playing the game in EuroLeague. Another episode of the European Hoops podcast on the books. Make sure you tune in Sunday where we will bring you the recap of round 26. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, our daily picks, must-watch games, injury reports, and our trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I will be seeing you guys soon. Thanks for having us, guys. Stay tuned for more. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.